You're listening to the SS Experience on SMG. All right, cool, cool, cool. Well, uh, welcome to the show. Um, so, Michelle Reynolds, you are running for state senate, right? Yes, Shahid. Uh, Thank you so much for having me on the show. No, no doubt, no doubt, no doubt. Now, I don't vote in Ohio. I'm a Virginian, you know what I'm saying? So just consider me like a, a Gaijin, an out-of-towner, but I'm here to try to help, you know what I'm saying, help you do your thing. Um, just a real funny story, just driving down the neighborhood in Reynoldsburg, and I just basically saw, like, pictures, banners, and everything of you. I'm like, oh, crap, okay, let, well, let's try to get her elected. You know what I'm saying? She seemed like somebody who's friendly, who uh, can help us out, you know, or help the people out real quick. So one of the things that I wanted to um, ask you and get the listeners on real quick before I actually I bring on the Beat audience real quick, you're running for state Senate. So that's definitely different than what we see the commercials with JD Vance and Tim Ryan and all of that. So the, the, the office that you're running for, can you describe that uh, to the listeners who may just not know, who just may ignorantly not know what a state Senator is or does? Absolutely. So state Senate is different from U S Senate. Uh, which is the J.D. Vance, Tim Ryan race. State Senate is for the Ohio General Assembly. So here in Ohio, we have a governor, uh, we have our uh, state representatives and our state Senate, which mirrors what the federal government has on the federal side. And in Ohio, your state senator and your state representatives, they make laws. And so that is really what a state senator does. There are 33 state senators in Ohio and 99 state reps in Ohio. Okay, so is all of the seats up for grabs or there's only like certain amount of seats that are up for grabs right now? Yes, so they do rotate. The state rep seats are every two years and uh, they are up for grabs at that time. And all of them run at that time all over the state. And then the state Senate is a four year term. And so they are staggered. Okay, okay. Now that now that we got a little bit more clarity of what's going on here, let's go ahead and bring back in let's go ahead and bring in the beat audience real quick. Code that black with super grilling and I wanna see Is that is that what we're coming into? Oh man, the log freaking jumped on me again. I hate it when it happens. Tim's free mind on one six seventy B Clemson's real hip hop and R and B. We're not doing the new music weekends right now. I wanted to change it up a little bit. I wanted to get my Bryant Gumble on real quick for everybody from the eighties and nineties who was outside who know who I'm talking about. If you don't Google them, I have um, Michelle Reynolds. You probably seen her posters all across the city. Uh, you probably seen her commercials, which I definitely want to get into because I've seen a very funny commercial that definitely uh, I want to talk about. She's running for state Senate of Ohio. Uh, welcome to the show, uh, Michelle. Thank you, Shahid. Happy to be here. All right, no doubt. So we were just talking about, um, you know, what the state Senate does or whatnot. So I want to give you the opportunity uh, for one to, you know, tell the listeners not necessarily about yourself per se, but a lot of listeners may not know, they may not want to vote because it's not the presidency. It's nothing big, you know, but it's something big that's happening to Ohio. So if you can give us about a minute and a half about, you know, the importance of this particular election, and then we can go ahead and get into more of the politics of the politics. Thank you so much. Well, it is very, very important that we exercise our right to vote as United States citizens. Um, when you're talking about elections like this, it may not be the presidency, but we're talking about an election that 
can affect your direct and daily life. We're talking about laws that affect you directly and your family. And that's what state senators and legislators do. They make laws and uh, they have the tendency to make laws that can impact you uh, in, a, in an adverse way or in a positive way. And so it's very important to exercise your vote and your vote is your voice. Uh, and you need to be able to do that. So some of the issues that we're experiencing right now that are on the ballot um, have to do with the inflation. I mean, that's impacting us daily. Uh, mm -hmm. Going to the grocery store, going to the gas pump and it being very high. Um, also uh, rising crime, education, you know, guns, everything is on the table at this point. And so we really need your voice uh, so that you can impact the laws that are made in Ohio. Now, just to confirm, because like I said, I'm not a person who's registered to vote in Ohio. So throughout the whole state, throughout this, or at least Columbus, because people are listening, Columbus, everybody can see your name on the ballot. It's not based on districts or anything like that. Like your name's on the ballot and we can read you up, right? Nope, that's not how it works. So in Ohio, there are districts. And so you have to live in a specific district to see uh, the, the legislator on your ballot. I am running for Ohio Senate District 3. So although I will be, a, you know, get elected, you get to be a state senator for all of Ohio, you represent a specific district. So my district is the suburban parts of Franklin County. It's Westerville, New Albany, Gahanna, Blacklick, Reynoldsburg, Canal Winchester, Groveport, Madison Township, Plain Township, Prairie Township, Jefferson Township, Truro Township, Mifflin Township, and Blendon Township. So it is a big part of Franklin County, but not everyone in Ohio can vote for me. All right, so if you in those areas... We're going to talk a little bit more about Michelle. We're going to do what we can to make you guys vote for her because I think she'll be good for Ohio. I don't personally, you know, because I'm not an Ohio resident, but I think she'll be good for you guys. When I get back from the break, I got music coming up from Diddy, Lil Baby, and Blue. It's the beat. All right, so you mentioned a lot of um, hot topics, crime, uh, the inflation. I think that's been something that's been going on um, in not just in Ohio, but in like the whole country. What is your plan? What is your plan for inflation? Like, how can you being in the Ohio Senate, you know, seat benefit? Well, I have to buy groceries here, so I guess it does benefit me to say the least. But how does that how how um, how will you be able to help us in that aspect? So some of the things that we can do uh, to address inflation is to make sure that uh, we're able to help our residents have more of their money uh, in their paycheck. So one of the things that I could do as a lawmaker is propose that we can cut the personal income tax because we tax a lot, right? And so if we cut personal income tax, that's more money in your pocket that you can take home. Now, obviously, inflation is an issue that comes out of Washington because of some bad policies and decisions that were made at the federal level. We are feeling it here in Ohio, but there are some things that we can do as a state to, uh, to alleviate some of that pressure. And so that's what I wanna do. Uh, I'd like to cut personal income tax in Ohio so that we can take more money home on our paycheck. I'd also like to award business owners who are the backbone of our community um, by having an em employment tax credit because they're the ones that are retaining employees and helping to keep them employed. So I'd like to make sure that our business community is awarded for doing that. So those are some of the things that we can do to address inflation in Ohio. What, what is your position on 
raising the minimum wage. I know um, where I'm from in Virginia, minimum wage is now $11 an hour. At once upon a time, it was like seven something. It was like seven something for like a very, very long time. And it finally jumped up to 11 during the pandemic. I know a lot of people have said raising the minimum wage to $15 an hour is <laughs> kind of crazy. What's your position on raising the uh, minimum wage? Well, I do believe we need to have a livable wage. Um, and in order to raise the minimum wage, though, we have to make sure that um, you know, there is an economy that can that can do that. And I believe because we have Intel and other businesses coming to Ohio, um, that is going to create more economic opportunity and grow the economic pie for everyone. So I am very much um, a proponent of making sure that we have livable wages so that people can thrive. My mission is to ensure that all Ohioans are, are on a path to prosperity so that they can realize their version of the American dream. Okay, no, that's good. That's good. Because um, inflation is something that is absolutely um, crazy right now, especially when you look at the gas prices. I have a Camaro, so I have to put premium in my car. So that's at least $5 plus a gallon. I don't be trying to pay that. I can't put regular in my car. I can't be cheap with it. So that kind of hurts my feelings a little bit. But um, move. I like what you said about the bit about, you know, giving money back to the business owners. But I know you're in like the the real good part of, you know, the good part of uh, Franklin County and all of that. So a lot of the issues that I'm thinking probably doesn't affect your particular district per se. But you did say if you do get elected that you will be making laws that represents the whole state of Ohio. So what about, you know, the the business owners that's like on, let's say the, I guess the west side of Columbus. I'm not familiar with that. I think that's kind of like the, the roughest part of Columbus where you see like a lot of like condemned buildings or buildings that could be used for businesses. Like how can uh, we or those type of people get access to some sort of funding so they can actually get, take advantage of the, you know, the opportunities that you speak of so they can grow a business? So, yeah, that's very important. And, and that's one of the things I specialize in. I'm myself, I'm a third generation business owner. I've been in business for over 25 years and I created a business incubator to help aspiring entrepreneurs and business owners here in central Ohio. And I've mentored countless, I mean, hundreds um, who now have successful businesses. And so I believe in order for us to be uh, to close this generational wealth gap, we need to be able to access uh, access to capital that can help us create businesses, even in our urban communities, whether it's suburban, urban or rural businesses are how you can make sure that we can close that that generational wealth gap. Um, you know, it's it's fine to be employed, but there is a ceiling. And so I myself am an entrepreneur and I like to help others create wealth by being able to open their own business. That is truly the American dream. So yes, we need to make sure that there is access to capital. Uh, a lot of times, you know, there are uh, programs out there, but it's, it's not necessarily something that's accessible to everyone. So that's something that I would like to see. Okay, I definitely, definitely understand. And I'm definitely not going to take up uh, too much of your time because it definitely like you're busy out there in the streets doing your thing. Um, you mentioned also crime as well. Now, I don't... I'm messy. Like I'm, I'm, I, I talk that talk. I don't care. I'm, I'm messy. So if you don't want to answer this, that's cool. Or if you don't want to get too deep into it, that's cool. When we talk about crime, I also like to talk about police reform. I also like to talk about, you know, us as citizens being able to be protected from 
um, senseless violence, not just from people, but also from police officers as well. Do you have uh, or any of your constituents have like a plan or a strategy, not necessarily to hold police accountable for bad behavior or something that will make, you know, people feel safe when the police come around like something if you can if you can get into that as lightly or as harshly as you can yeah so i mean i definitely think we need a balanced approach look there is no police force in ohio that is fully uh that that has a, a full police force like everybody right now is um struggling with having uh their whole workforce right mm -hmm. so i believe that we just really, we actually have a lack of officers on the street. And we definitely need to hold our officers accountable. But we also need to make sure in order to have safe streets, that we take a bottom up approach and not necessarily a top down. Those that are closest to the problem are closest to the solution. And I believe that we really need to engage our residents in a policing fashion that we can have mutual respect. Um, so that takes training, that takes crisis intervention, that takes, you know, even teaching that amongst ourselves. Uh, we have to be part of that solution. And the way we're going to do that is to really engage and not have so much distrust. And we have a reason to have a lot of distrust, but we need to be able to make sure that we can come together because these are our communities. We're the ones that are hurting. And let me just tell you quickly what I do to be a part of the solution. Okay. I, I, my, yeah, I myself have a reentry program that provides housing to formerly incarcerated men and women when they come home from prison. I did that because that is something that I believe, you know, is just part of the solution. You know, it's important that when people come home from prison, they have a place to stay. The, the scariest person to me is not necessarily someone who offended someone. It's someone who has no hope. And that's what we have out here a lot in the street is we have no hope because there's a lack of hope for housing. There's a lack of hope for jobs. People are destitute. They're running around. We have, uh, you know, a lot of um, fatherless households. Um, so, you know, people are trying to find an identity and they want to live their life, too. And so when you couple that with the violence and and police and, and, and their knees on our neck and all of that, then it's just it's just a, a place that becomes hopeless and a lack of public safety. So one of the things that I did to be part of the solution is I started a nonprofit organization that provides housing. And I've housed over 5000 formerly incarcerated men and women in Ohio. Columbus, Akron, Mansfield, Chillicothe, and Cincinnati. And I've also created jobs, over 200 jobs hiring formerly incarcerated individuals to help them get their life back. But that's just the one side. Obviously, we also have law enforcement. So we need to teach them. We need to teach them how we need to be treated. And we also need to be a part of the roles. We need to the, our police departments need to reflect what our neighborhoods look like. So I just feel like we need a bottom-up approach instead of a top-down. You mentioned something that in, in, in what you just said that was very interesting. You mentioned fatherless households. And I want to bring the BBS audience real quick, but this is kind of personal for me. I mean, yeah. I can't I can't vote for you, but this is personal for me. Fatherless households is mainly a product of the family court system. And I'm going through a little battle myself and I don't like the Ohio laws. I really don't. I hate the Ohio family laws to where it's like the mother gets automatic rights, despite the fact how well-rounded the father is. And I personally believe that that makes it harder for the fathers to be in the child's lives when they don't want to deal with the BS. When you feel like 
I can't win because the court system doesn't allow me to win. If a let's say we're talking to fathers real quick and you can you say that you're a lawmaker or anything like that. Do you see anything that can improve with the family laws that will allow for fathers to be in their child's lives so the whole thing about fatherless homes can be prevented as a result crime could you know i'm not gonna say go down but makes it a little bit more manageable absolutely you know i agree with you wholeheartedly it's a personal issue for me i've never even met my father my father uh and my mom they married when i was two years old and uh, divorced. Uh, my father's Jamaican descent. My mom's African-American. I've never met my father, but I've had, I'm a mother of two sons and I have made it my, my life's mission to make sure that their fathers have had a, a meaningful relationship in their life because it is very, very important. And we hurt when, when parents fight, children hurt. And, and I have devoted even my career, I sit on the Ohio Fatherhood Commission. I've served on that commission. And it's very, very important that our, our children have the benefit of both parents. And I think as a lawmaker, we should look at laws to make sure that there is equal parenting access to children. It shouldn't default just to the, the, the mother. The father is just as equally important. And I really believe that. And, and I exercise that in my own family. Fathers are important. That's actually, I mean, I'm a faith leader. That's the way God intended it is for us to be a whole family. And so I think that if we can heal the, the family, we can heal the nation. Mm. No, a hundred percent, a hundred percent agree. So let's go ahead and bring back the, uh, Let's go ahead and bring back the beat audience real quick before the end. Tim's free mind on 167 the Columbus is real hip hop and R&B. I got Michelle Reynolds running for Ohio State Senate on the show. We had real good conversation on the podcast side, so make sure that you get the link on all my social medias at Haney Hardaway 75. So just in case for some of the podcast, I mean, some of the radio listeners who um, who are interested in, you know, money. Because everybody is pretty much, you know, interested in money. If you can go through one more time um, briefly about um, your plan for inflation, because um, a lot of our listeners um, may be going through a little bit of uh, troubles, like you said, at the gas pump and buying groceries. So um, just briefly, what's one of your plans to, you know, basically, you know, help us out, especially the Camaro drivers like me who spend five dollars a gallon on gas? Yeah, so it's important that we address inflation here in Ohio. Although it is a national issue, um, there are some things that we can do here in Ohio. And one of the things that I would like to propose is that uh, we cut the personal income tax so that people that are working, our hardworking families, are able to take home more of the money that they earn. I also would like to support our business owners, those that are employing people. Uh, I'd like to do an employment tax credit because we need to make sure that our business owners are in good shape to continue to employ people and so they can retain their jobs. Uh, and those are just a couple of examples. But look, we have a great opportunity here with Intel and, and other businesses coming to the region. Uh, we're going to experience the best economic prosperity that we've had in a long time. And I want to make sure that all of us experience that opportunity. So jobs are on the horizon. We need better paying jobs, and that is coming to Ohio. But there are some smart things we can do in legislation to make sure that everybody gets a bigger economic piece of the pie. Well said, well said. More with Michelle Reynolds coming up after Blue, Lil Baby, and Diddy. It's the beat. I want to get a little, I want to get like a tad bit 
messy real quick if you don't mind so i was watching tv i think i was watching football or whatever um as you can see uh best team in football where's the camera at best team in football undefeated i don't know if you pay attention to the nfl or if your boys i know you said you had a football game so i know somebody's watching but, nfl yeah, in your house somebody's watching <laughs> nfl in your house yeah. um you have you had a commercial about i guess it's your opponent you called her or you, the 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 people who created the commercial which i thought was hilarious called her minnesota whatever I, I don't i was trying to find her name before i got on but i actually i couldn't find it so what are the differences between your views and her views as far as the vision of ohio i mean i know i know in the commercial is basically cracking jokes and like she's never in ohio that kind of that's kind of like me i'm never in ohio i'm always in atlanta so never vote for me for anything politics in ohio but um going to um if you go into your competition like why are you a better fit than uh, your competition well quite frankly it's important that when you represent a district that you are in that district that you are there and present and you show up for the job that's what the ohio taxpayer expects you to do and so the point of the commercial uh, is to show um, and we have proven that my opponent uh, recently got married about i don't know nine months ago to a legislator that lives in minnesota and there's nothing wrong with that. That's actually a good thing, except the fact that she's tried to hide it. And we caught her, you know, missing Senate sessions, missing over 49 votes in the past three years. I don't know anybody who works for a job. If you miss 49 days, you're probably fired. Uh, and we also see that, you know, she has tweeted out that she'd rather live in Minnesota. And then we also found that she has had her ballot sent to Minnesota to vote in an Ohio election. I don't know what more proof we need to show that her interest is not here in Ohio, working with the citizens of Ohio who elected her, but her interest is in Minnesota. So, you know, I'm gonna do her a favor and just beat her on election day so she can go home to Minnesota. Ooh, bars, that's what I'm talking about. Facts, love it, love it, love it. So when you miss votes, like, um, and again, like I, I get what you're saying. I like you don't come to work. You, you shouldn't get you, whatever. I get that. But to the casual listener, explain to them, how does it hurt them when she misses votes? Well, the way it hurts them is that she is their representative. She is their voice. That is why you elect a legislator to be your voice. So when you are a legislator, you're supposed to be the representative of your district. So if I and, you know, I'm, I'm scouring my district and my district tells me this is how we feel about this specific piece of legislation. And then I'm supposed to vote on it when I'm absent and I do not vote. That means that my district has been stripped of their voice. Mm. Okay. And so now votes go. Whatever is made into law or signed into law is signed into law without the representation of the people in my district. And that's the significance of it. Okay, I got you. I got you. So uh, one last thing before I get you to plug in your district and, you know, give your final, you know, you know, election push or whatever. I kind of want to bring it back to myself real quick, if you don't mind. So if okay. I want so if I want to change a family law, right, like how what's the first step I would have to do? And this is kind of a personal question for myself. Mm -hmm. So the first thing you'd want to do is contact your legislator. You want to find out who represents you in your state. And so that's either your state rep or your state senator. 
and you want to schedule an appointment with them, that's, in, that's why it's important for them to be around. You schedule an appointment and you sit down and you talk to them about a law that is, you know, affecting you. And if you have a solution or something that you would like them to know, then you actually uh, tell them and you give them that information. You say, you know, this is what I think would actually be a solution to help fathers like me because this particular piece of legislation is hurting my family. And then that individual can take that information and, and gather more information about, okay, how, you know, how is this law made and work with you uh, and try to propose legislation that will help change the law. I will definitely Google whoever's supposed to represent me, even though, yeah, I would definitely, I would definitely try to Google that because I need help. I need help badly. Uh, straight up and down. So, um, Michelle, uh, again, thank you for being on the show. And just one last time, just go ahead and, you know, give your final uh, campaign push for the listeners. And um, again, you did mention a lot of districts that you uh, that you rep. So, you know, rep your districts and uh, give your final uh, campaign push to the listeners. Yes. Yeah, so I am running for Ohio Senate District three. My district is New Albany, Westerville, Gahanna, Reynoldsburg, Blacklick. Canal Winchester, Groveport, Grove City, Madison Township, Prairie Township, Plain Township, Churro Township, Jefferson Township, Mifflin Township, and Blendon Township. If you live in any of those areas in Franklin County, I am on your ballot and I am asking for your vote. I am a results-oriented candidate. I am a business owner. When you elect Michelle Reynolds, you are electing someone who approaches problems with a business mindset, stewardship mindset, and an ownership mindset. I am someone who leans in. I am not afraid to tackle the tough problems and I am an addictive problem solver. So I'm asking you to vote for me on election day, November 8th, or you can vote early right now at the early voting center, but I would really appreciate your vote and I look forward to working with you as your next state Senator. Michelle, thank you for being on the show. I hope that, you know, we get you in, young man, because if we do, I want a job. Like, I want to be like your media person. Like, if anything goes down, I want you to come holler at me. You know what I'm saying? I got the radio. I got the mic. I got a big mouth. I can talk. Not at I can, all. Yeah, 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 yeah. I can do it all. Like I said, if I was uh, an Ohio resident, I'll try to run for mayor or something like that. I or, know that's right. Or run that's for awesome. governor. Now, I didn't want I didn't want you to talk crap about the governor. I was going to let you. I was going to let that chill for a second. You know what I'm saying? But, Yeah. One of these days, I might get an Ohio. One, one of these days, I might get an Ohio ID, and doggone <laughs> and doggone and doggone try to run for governor of this state. Because you know what, you know what? Just before I let you go, though, I, there's two things. I, there, there, damn it, there's one thing. I really, I really before I let you go, I'm sorry. I only got like a few minutes left. Marijuana legalization. Now in Virginia, marijuana is legal. I can have an ounce of weed on me. I'm not gonna get in trouble. I'm cool. I come up to Ohio. I'm not saying that I have weed on me or weed around me because weed is illegal. I'm not saying that, but if I had a dime bag of weed, I'm going to jail and that's kind of crappy. So what have you and your constituents talked about with um, with marijuana legalization? Well, I definitely don't think we should be criminalizing people for having uh, small amounts of, of weed or any weed, to be honest. I don't think we should be criminalizing that. But I do think that we need to be careful about uh, just a full um, passage of marijuana. And the only reason I say that I mean, I, I'm a big proponent of the um, of the medical. Um, but the only reason I say that is that there are some jobs um, because we have a lot of 
technical and industrial jobs come into Ohio, but there are some jobs that require you to operate heavy machinery and, and equipment. And I'm just concerned that, um, and with the trucks that are going over the road, and I'm just concerned that, you know, with a full legalization, that there could be some risk to having those type of jobs and employers, then their hands are tied uh, in, in making sure that, you know, people are safe in those jobs. So, you know, I don't think we should be criminalizing it, but I think that I'm looking for solutions across the board of how do we have a win-win situation where we still have public safety to think about when it relates to, you know, big truck drivers and if they're smoking and their inhibitions are down, uh, but also making sure that people aren't going to jail or prison over marijuana. Okay, so more or less a a, a decriminalization type situation yeah, with with uh with certain stipulations based on your job. Absolutely, that's what I'm talking about. Well, good yeah. thing I well good thing I could be high and do my job. I ain't got to worry <laughs> yeah. about those stipulations, so I'm that's cool. Right. That's, that's all, right. That's all I needed. That's all I needed. Uh, again, uh, Michelle, thank you for your time. Uh, I hope that this interview gets you to where you need to get to. And um, yeah, that's it. Um, I, I, I look forward to uh, seeing you, you know, at the top. And, you know, if you decide to do the U.S. State Senate thing and any other uh, form of politics, you know, look forward to seeing you um, at the top doing your thing. Thank you, Sean. You're listening to the SS Experience on SMG. <laughs>